News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Well, welcome to episode 114 of the Luke Messias Show. Um, I am, a lot is going on in the legislature this week, and I am going to overview a couple of the top highlights, things you need to be aware of that are happening. We're going to get into a little bit of the broader discussion on how this is creating a conflict within the Republican Party as a whole and uh, what kind of players are involved in that battle. Uh, at the end of the session, I'm going to try to give you a little overview of the good, the bad, and the ugly, the things that passed and the things that didn't. And our standard, here, here's kind of the difficulty, is that Republicans in Texas have failed so much that our standard for what makes a good session is basically, are we allowed to advance more conservative policy than we have previously been allowed to advance? And because that bar is so low, it's so easy to have a better session. But if the goal of conservatives is actually to conserve what we have in society— then that's the bar that we have to use to determine whether we are or are not succeeding within a legislative session. And so at the end of the session, I'm going to have a discussion with you on that. Right now, we're going to more focus on particular battles that are happening, okay? So that being said, the first one is constitutional carry, and it passed the Texas House last week. Matt Schaefer did a phenomenal job arguing and debating in favor of that policy against a lot of Democrats who came after him in a very hard way. There were several conservative lawmakers, Kyle Biederman, Brian Slayton, Jeff Kaysen, who did an excellent job offering conservative policy, offering even more conservative policy. There's this thing done you have to understand about how Austin works. Um, Republicans are, are scared of their own ideas, Okay, so even when they bring a good bill to the floor, they're literally scared to talk about it. They're scared to talk about it in a virtuous way. They're scared to make arguments in favor of it. They don't even want to argue. And Democrats actually believe very strongly in their position. They come every single, every amendment, every bill, they debate hard, they argue that because they, they're much better at verbal argumentation for their ideas. And Republicans in Texas either kill their own ideas in committee or when they do bring their ideas to the floor, they literally don't like arguing for them. They don't like calling a spade a spade. So Democrats can call Republicans white supremacists and racists and all this stuff. And Republicans will not respond by actually defining Democrats for what they are as a whole, as a party, as very radical, okay? Uh, Democrats will get up and say... This entire party is placating to the special 3%, which is what Joe Moody said on the floor. But Republicans will never tell anybody that a very radical group of leftist socialists are controlling the Democrat Party, which they are. There's a handful of independent-minded Democrats. In fact, seven Democrats voted for constitutional carry. Constitutional carry, for those of you who don't know, is permitless carry. Basically, right now, if you want to carry a handgun, either on your hip, open or concealed, you have to have a permit for it. You have to have a license. And this just says that anybody who can legally purchase a gun has the legal right to bear that weapon. Okay? Keep and bear arms. So I can't just keep my arms, the Second Amendment, keep and bear them. I can keep and bear them. I can take them out. And currently, what's weird is that in Texas, if you're 21... If you're 25, you own an AK-47, you own an AR, you own a rifle, you own a shotgun, you can literally strap that on your back and walk out the door, walk all around the public in it. You just can't do it with a handgun. It's dumb. 
It's inconsistent. And we are now going to be, I don't know, the 19th or 20th or 21st state to pass it. Uh, We are less pro-gun right now than the state of Vermont, which has some form of constitutional carry. So you have to understand that Texas is way behind, and passing this bill is basically going to catch us up. We're going to be late to the party on this policy change in a very good way. The Texas House passed it. It passed with bipartisan support. And what does that tell us? It tells us that if constitutional carry had come to the floor last session, it would have passed. If constitutional carry had come the session before that, when we had even more Republicans, it would have passed. If it come the session before that, it would have passed. These policies that Republicans believe in, that conservatives want to see happen, all they need to do is be voted on the floor of the Texas House. That's all. And this tells you the importance of leadership. The chair of calendars, Dustin Burroughs, the speaker, Dade Phelan, the chair of state affairs, Chris Patty, the chair of any of these important issues. James White, who's the chair of public safety, let this bill through. He was the first chair of that committee who substantively supported the policy, filed his own bill to advance the policy, and actually advocated for it, and ensured that it got to calendars in such a manner and early enough to where calendars could move it through. And that's the importance of having people that believe in the Republican issues because they will all vote that way if it comes up for a vote. I actually owe a stake, unfortunately. It's going to cost me like 50 bucks, and I'm going to have to apologize to my wife for losing $50 for our family. But I bet a stake in December with somebody that constitutional carry would not come to the floor for a vote. And um, I honestly made the bet because it was kind of a win-win for me. I was like, either I'm going to get a stake or constitutional carry is going to pass the Texas House, which I'm more of a fan of. So I kind of I made the calculation that way. But anyways, I do owe a stake to somebody in Texas who's conservative and who made that bet with me. Um, so constitutional carry has passed the House. What does that mean? Well, it is now in the Senate. And here's what you have to understand. The Texas Senate is really largely considered the more conservative legislative body, which they are on so many issues. Executive overreach is the one that they recently have really led on. They've already passed a ban on transgender um, men saying they are women and then competing with women in athletics in the UIL. Unfortunately, they took they took the NCAA out. So kind of similar to what they did in South Dakota, uh, the Senate is not wanting to pick a fight with colleges. So they are, I guess, in some ways thinking that men can compete with women uh, in college, just not in K through 12 high school. But it's better than nothing, I guess. The Texas House has a bill that I believe incorporates K through 12 and the NCAA. And it is sitting in state affairs. I don't know what Chris Patty's doing with it, but it looks like he's sitting on it right now and afraid to touch that issue. Um, constitutional carry, the Second Amendment, I will tell you, though, is the issue that the Senate is weakest on. So where the Senate is definitely to the left of the House is on guns. And that is due to mostly Joan Huffman, to be completely honest. Um, Joan Huffman has long been known to be a very... Uh, a big advocate of gun control and definitely uh, against pro-Second Amendment policy in a significant way. And in the Senate, if every single Republican does not support a bill, it does not come to the floor. That's literally the rules, okay? So we, uh, and we even lowered it to that standard to make sure Democrats couldn't influence the process. If Joan Huffman is a lone holdout on constitutional carry, then they actually have to find a Democrat senator to vote in favor of it, to bring it to the floor, to then debate it and pass it on a 50% margin. 
So Joan Huffman, she is from the Houston area. She is definitely against this policy. I don't know where Senator Kel Seliger stands on this policy at this time. He is from Amarillo down to Midland and also is definitely one of the farthest left members of the Texas Senate. I don't know where Senator Nelson is in the Denton area. She is not seen largely as somebody who is as strong on the Second Amendment as every senator. But that being said, she is often better than Seliger and Huffman when it comes to guns and so and a lot of other issues. She's actually much better than them on many issues. So uh, those are the type of senators you need to be watching. What I would also say, if you're a Texan and you care about this issue, then you probably should reach out to your senator, regardless of who he is, to make sure that he's publicly out there in support of the policy, because that will make things clearer earlier who is to blame when it comes to this policy. And Texans do have a little bit of time to really turn up the heat on these different senators. Very good to see this bill move through the process. Very big win for Texans. I'm also very grateful that in the Texas House, we had substantive debates on making the bill better. Here's what's interesting. Republicans do this uh, where they don't want to actually take – they don't want to have substantive debates on their policy issues. Okay, They don't want to have inter-party debates about what should or shouldn't be done, how a bill could or could not be made better. They want to just take whatever they all decide behind closed doors to do and bring that out and never debate or discuss it, and never have substantive debates afterwards. And in fact, leadership requires, this is common practice, they tell the author of the bill, we will not let your bill come out to the floor unless you agree to oppose all amendments offered by people of your own party to make the bill better. And that is most often a rule on any substantive policy, and it's the way they control the debate and dialogue. So just be aware that that's how things work in Austin. Constitutional carry is moving. The Senate's sitting on it. It's more than likely Huffman single-handedly sitting on it. But you could see Senator Nelson Seliger, some of these others that aren't fully public with their position on this issue, also being a problem. So we don't know where we're at. House Bill 1399 moved out of the Public Health Committee, and that is a bill by Representative Krauss to ban transgender surgeries and puberty blockers from children. Of course, this is an issue I care greatly about. It's an issue that we've brought attention to. Uh, Representative Brian Slayton has been bringing the the strongest voice on this issue in the Texas House and really pushing, uh, forcing people to address the issue, which has put a ton of pressure. I'll tell you, a month ago in the Capitol building, everybody said that this policy was dead. There was no chance it was going anywhere. And now it's moving out of committee. In fact, Scott Braddock, who uh, runs a blog called The Quorum Report, actually tweeted out that a very senior Democrat told him that they were promised that this bill would not actually move forward. Um, and, and that implied that they were promised by Republican leadership, Dade Phelan. So it'll be interesting because Democrats are going to get increasingly antagonistic and say that they were told by Dade Phelan that this type of policy, controversial social policy, could not come to the floor for a vote. And if it does, it puts them in a very bad position. But now Dustin Burroughs is in a position where They've given him the hot potato, and he probably has to act on it rather soon, or he'll personally be responsible for allowing these barbaric practices to continue in Texas. Here's one thing I want Texans to know, though, about the policy. It does not talk about transgender therapies at all. And here's what I mean. If you're a three-year-old child and two parents want to get together with a psychologist and brainwash you from three to 15, that barbaric abusive act, act 
can still occur and is still legal and protected in Texas. Okay, And it doesn't look like, it, unless the Senate moves one of their bills, that we have a vehicle by which we could do that. So very concerned um, about that issue. And Texans should be concerned that the legislature is afraid to address that issue. Because if we cannot say that that is abuse, it's a significant problem. And when it comes to conserving what we have in society, good luck conserving what you have in society if that is condonable non-abusive behavior protected under state law. It can't be, and it must stop. Okay, constitutional carry, House Bill 1399. Let's end by talking about a Newsmax story that Pedro Gonzalez recently wrote titled The Texas Lincoln Project Attacks Alan West. Now, here's what you need to know. Alan West has set a standard that former GOP chairs have not set. He actually came to the legislature and said, here are the actual GOP priorities, which the Republican Party has established as our top priorities. And you're going to pass a thousand bills this session. And of those thousand bills, we want nine of them to be these bills. It's a pretty small ask if you think about it. And in the past, what's happened is that the legislature has told party chairs, well, we're going to pass a bunch of other good stuff, and we need you to message all that good stuff as good Republican conservative wins so that voters continue to vote for us, but we're not really going to address the priorities of the party. And Alan West said, no, that's okay. I'm going to change the script here, and I'm going to say that they have to do these or they're not fulfilling their obligations and promises to the Republicans that elected them and gave them the majority. And that is a narrative that crushes and kills the entire Republican caucus because they've never had that standard set. But now that it's been set, they're actually achieving more than they ever have before. And yet, well, they hate it. Literally, Republican lawmakers don't even like passing most of the Republican priorities they're passing. They begrudgingly do it. Now, does that mean every single one of them is begrudgingly passing the Republican priorities? No, but a lot of them are. And it's the same reason all those people voting for constitutional carry, a bunch of them would not have cared if it didn't pass. But since it got to the floor, they had to vote for it. Alan West has changed the script and it's put pressure on them to the point that they have to deliver. And this is something a lot of conservative activists and Republican activists have done and done very, very, very well. And it has set up an entirely different environment. Um, Matt Schaefer has a quote that he did regarding the Dennis Bonin saga, which I have just used a bunch on this program because it's a phenomenal quote. Um, the behavior we tolerate becomes the standard we set. And when we, be, when we tolerate Republicans behaving in such a way where they do not need to deliver policy results that are priorities for Republicans, then that's what we get. That's the standard. Well, the standard has been changed, and re some Republican officials are working to now meet that standard as well, which is a huge win for conservatives in general. The wins that we do get are largely going to be affected by that change in tone and message and narrative from the Republican Party of Texas. So what's going to happen? Well, Greg Abbott and Dade Phelan and a bunch of these Republicans who hate having to deal with the Republican priorities are now trying to organize with other people in the party to stop Alan West from his continued influence in the Republican Party as the chair. And so Pedro Gonzalez highlights that in his article, The Texas Lincoln Project Attacks Alan West, and he lays out the fact that Team Abbott, and I'm going to read from you just a couple things. But essentially, the Lincoln Project, which y'all are familiar with probably on a national level, is the group of Republicans who raised a ton of money from Democrat donors and spent that money telling Republicans to vote for Joe Biden. 
Okay, and uh, and there were people who just really didn't like, I guess, the winning that Trump was doing. And they're horrible people, by the way. And so Pedro goes on to call the Texas Republican Initiative the Texas's Lincoln Project. The Texas Republican Initiative uh, launched roughly three months ago and has been causing a lot of trouble internally, a Republican operative told me. They were the ones who led the charge to get off gab and they were trying to strengthen the establishment's hand. He basically argues that the TRI, which is working hand in hand, he claims with Vice Chairman Cat Parks, um, who has actively been working against Alan West, there's no doubt about that, uh, are working to undermine Alan West to the betterment and to the support of Greg Abbott and other establishment Republicans in the party who don't want to be told that they have to deliver conservative results in a policy manner for the Republicans that elected them and gave them the power to govern. Uh, if you haven't read this piece, I would recommend that you consider it. Um, it's in Newsmax. Again, the headline is The Texas Lincoln Project to Tax Ellen West by Pedro Gonzalez. Definitely take a read of it and understand that right now, the Republican establishment is going to strike back and try to take back control of the party like never before. Because with James Dickey and with Tom Meckler and with Steve Ministeri, they had people that did not threaten their power. And Alan West threatens it when his position as chair. And they are going to work very, very hard to try to get in a chairman who can, again, take the narrative back for them and tell Republicans that their elected officials are delivering great results regardless of what they actually do. And they are working to try to make the party seem anti-Semitic because it has a account on Gab, which is a, a social media platform that does not censor people, which is what we want, by the way, not Facebook and Twitter, who are massively censoring conservatives across the entire political spectrum, but really focusing in on conservative-minded individuals and silencing their speech in a way that intimidates them. This is what we're against when it comes to social media platforms and big tech platforms that we know are at war with every single person that believes what half of the country believes as a general right of center conservative. So Alan West has stood up against that, but a lot of people in the party have been pushing back. And those people in the party are working hand in hand, either knowingly or for some of them, just because it seems like a better place to be at or they think they will have a better power or they're just getting used by the other side. But there's a conglomeration of individuals who are working against Alan West and the Republican Party of Texas uh, to try to help take back power for the establishment wing of the Republican Party. We can't let it happen. It never should happen. I personally endorsed Alan West and voted for him as a delegate to the Republican State Convention because of the failures of the James Dickey administration. And we can't let that happen again. If I sound nasally during this episode, I'm sorry, but we have had more pollen. I don't know. We've got like the highest pollen count since like 1919 or something. I don't know. It's it's like a long time ago that the pollen was this bad. So um, yeah, I'm sorry if I sound nasally at all, but if I do, it's because I literally can't breathe. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Please share this uh, with people you know so they can be updated on everything going on in Texas, the important things that are going on in Texas. Contact your lawmakers on any of these issues you care about to ensure that these issues continue to see the light of day. And I can tell you this, the more of a light we shine on the legislature on these issues and talk about, the more they are put in positions where they just have to respond. Because at the end of the day, just revealing the game that's being played puts them in a place where they have to try 
to change the narrative um, so that people see them as having accomplished significant amounts. And like I said at the end of the session, we'll know. We'll look at the scoreboard and we'll determine whether or not the legislature conserved what we have in society or whether we are still moving further left. And if we're still moving further left at the end of the legislative session, then we failed. But it doesn't mean we won't continue to fight because as Abraham Kuyper said, Prime Minister of the Netherlands in the early 1900s, when principles that run against your deepest convictions begin to win the day, then battle is your calling and peace has become sin. And uh, I'm blessed to be in the battle alongside so many of y'all. God bless you and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you.